previously on the Infinite Escape Room. Yes, I steal all of your data and sell it to people. And I have a smelly bum bum. The metaverse is just so I can spy on Vin Diesel in the shower. And then the D. And welcome to the Infinite Escape Room, the puzzling podcast where a group of geographically diverse chums come together, have a drink, and work together to solve a homemade escape room of the ears. Except today, and for the next several days, slash weeks, depending on when you're listening to this, we are not in fact escaping from an escape room of the ears. We will instead be on the finite room quest, um, which will make a lot more sense in a minute and probably roll off the tongue a bit more as well. We're still workshopping the brand. Still, yeah, the name. Could, yeah. If you if you have a better <laughs> name work. for this, send us a message at PO Shut Box. Up. Keep it to yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, hello. I am Mike, and I am drinking a low alcohol gin and tonic because I have a very we have a long recording session in front of us, and I don't want to get blotto just yet. That'll happen later. And joining me on this recording, we have. I'm Bailey, and I am drinking a lovely little uh, coffee for now. This may progress to cider, not wine. Yeah, so a bit of a change for me. <laughs> and I'm Ben Levy-Griffiths, and uh, at the moment I'm halfway through a cup of tea, uh, but I've got a, a non-alcoholic beer lined up after that, and then a, an actual alcoholic beer lined up after that. So, <laughs> And I'm Jamie, and because I'm in my mid-30s and it is a Sunday afternoon, I'm drinking plain old water straight from the teeth of the Welsh mountains. But I do have oh. some mead and some beer Lovely. in the fridge. For later on, when things get a bit spicy. Some lovely council pop. Lovely. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> and GMing slash facilitating for us on this Sunday afternoon in our finite room quest adventure. Again, the name could use some work. We have... Hello, I'm Tony. You've, you've probably heard me on this before. And I'm drinking a Guinness because I've already got a hangover from yesterday, so I figured I'd just... Keep it rolling. Right. That's healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rock and roll. Right, that have, dragon. I'll tell you what, I have just had I have just had a Lucasade sport, which has made me feel a lot better. <laughs> All the ions. Yeah. Oh man. I'm I'm brimming with electrolytes. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony's gonna to be GMing us through a finite four part quest adventure. Uh, so I'll hand over to him now to kick us off. <laughs> Hello, yes. So today we're going to be playing April Quest, written by TC Sotek. Uh, you can find Quest at adventure.game. It's a relatively new game and it's really built for um, lightweight play, quick storytelling. It's got a fantasy flavor to it uh, and it's definitely great for people who are a bit newer to tabletop RPGs and people who don't want to spend lots of time doing lots of maths and keeping track of a million different things, uh, which is just what we want for, for this kind of storytelling. So uh, I'll be playing, as Mike said, I'll be in the role of GM, the, the guide, as the game calls it, and the other folks on the call will be playing their own characters who we will introduce uh, in time. Uh, you, you may recognize some of them and, and one of them. I don't, don't know whether one is the right number to say here, but one of them will uh, be a new and exciting character uh, that Jamie's going to introduce. For. And before we proceed any further, we would just like to thank our fabulous patrons for keeping the wind beneath our wings, the sills beneath our windows, and the shoes beneath our socks. And in particular, I'd like to give an extra special thank you to Christopher Cheng and Charlotte Knowles. Thanks very much, folks. You guys are pretty darn cool. If you'd like to join their ranks for as little as a pound a month, you can do so over at patreon.com slash the infinite escape room. There'll be a link in the episode description below. 
There's bonus content, access to unedited material, uh, early release of episodes, and other guff. Without further ado, we good to go? Everyone happy? Everyone yes. excited? Rock and roll. Yes. yes. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let's go. Okay, so last time you, uh, uh, you, you destroyed Facebook from the inside on behalf of Elon Musk and then went on a honey bender with that famous honey boy, uh, Winnie the Pooh. Uh, you slip gently into a honey-drugged haze. Your bleary eyelids droop, and just before they close completely, you notice the trouserless Pooh Bear drawing an arcane circle around you on the floor with the remainder of the sticky goop. The four of you feel yourselves floating into the air, and the room darkens around you. With a snap, you find yourselves fully conscious. As the saying goes, you should always look before you leap, but unfortunately, whoever owns the bodies you're currently inhabiting did not. All four of you feel yourselves tumbling down a sandy ramp, elbows and knees crashing into each other as you hurtle onwards and down. The floor meets you with an unfriendly thump as you land in a sandy cave, dimly lit by a thin shaft of light some hundreds of feet above you. Disentangling yourselves and getting to your feet, you all feel... different. Changed. Bailey, you look down at your arms and see the familiar green orcish skin of Bailey later Jones, familiar as an old pair of shoes but with a few new scuffs and scratches. Mike, you feel a thrill of recognition as you brush Klamstromlington's luscious locks out of your eyes. But something feels different. You're crackling with a new energy even more bestial than before. Ben, you look up at the towering figures who surround you and realise that, once more, you are inhabiting the three-foot-nothing frame of the wordless wizard, Forquequendian. His beard a little longer, his tongue perhaps a little rounder than the last time. And Jamie... You hold your hands up in the low light and see a pair of rolled-up fawn-coloured sleeves with two muddy green clawed hands sticking out. Looking past the hands, you see the slides attached. What the fuck have I written here? (laughs) I like the pen. I enjoy the pens coming through basically unchanged. (laughs) Also, Mike, you've got more than one lock of hair now. I know. It's like you've got more than one. Yeah. I don't know if the webcam saw the tear on the other side of my face. (laughs) Uh, looking past these hands you see the ground below you uh, and you see that the front of the coat that you're wearing is sticking forward Uh, you lower your hands and the coat falls flat back against your body your vision feels strange like you can't quite see what's going on below eye level you feel very odd so uh, the, the four of you are at the bottom of this slope the slope behind you is very steep and very far and definitely not something you could you could climb back up uh, and in front of you there is a small dimly lit passageway what do you do i would like to look down the passageway uh you look down the passageway and you can see not far down maybe i don't know 10 15 meters away there is uh, an opening uh, an archway uh with slightly brighter light within See, Shall we? we all- well, I don't know. I, I'm I'll happy to go with the group, but this seems a bit of a like the slope that you can't get back up, or this inviting little passage. Maybe it's a bit <laughs> of a a bluff. I don't know. That's what my my feelings are. But I'm not. I'm, happy. I'm not trying to trick you. It's, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> this is just the on ramp. This is just to get us started. You the levels of distrust we've like, engendered on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Roll the die. Anything <laughs> below a twenty, you're dead. You're dead. Uh, yeah. yeah no, so you you head down to the okay. this passage and you find yourselves in a circular chamber 
maybe 10 meters across with a vaulted ceiling about 10 meters high. There are torches in sconces around the wall. And to your left, right, and on the opposite wall, uh, you can see carefully carved bas-reliefs, each with a wide stone basin underneath. And in the middle of the room, there is a sort of very plain-looking marble pedestal uh, with nothing on it. So what do you, you said uh, bas-reliefs? Yeah. Ba- uh, like carvings in the wall. All right. Cool. Um, sort of flat, flat carvings. If I don't know your fan. Bas-relief. Oh, yeah, okay. B-A-S, space relief. Oh, relief. I thought you said ba- like a barrel. Barrel yeah, leaf. Like, yeah, leaf. Yeah. Ben, I'm glad you asked because I didn't. <laughs> anyway, no, that's fine. That's fine. I had to look up what they were called. I was like, is it a freeze? Is it a, a stucco? No, it's a barrel leaf. Anyway. Okay, I... <laughs> Another two words I don't know either, but it's all good. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I, I, only half, I only barely know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Can I take a saunter run over and look at the. Um... The relief on the on the west wall. Yes, uh, let's say to to your left. As you step into the room, the the doorway behind you or the passage behind you seals shut with a stony scrape uh, as a as a door slides into place. So you're looking at the basin on the left hand side of the room. The relief on it has uh, an image of two large pillars, um, and then kind of carved between these two pillars. Depending on how it's lit, it could be a light beyond them. Or maybe it's a deep darkness with light on the outside. It's it's hard to tell because it's carved. There's no colour. Um, beneath the pillars, there is a line of cursive text which reads, "Something broken might inspire." Hmm, intriguing. Anything about the um, the relief itself that's like cracked or hollow? Give it a little tentative tap with a claw. Uh, you 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 take a knock and it feels pretty normal. Uh, nothing nothing too distinctive about it it's you know it's well carved it's well made uh it's de- it definitely looks old but it's you know well maintained it's not been weathered by time or anything like that superb craftsmanship i love it mm. can we take a little look at the basin below it please yes the basin is a wide stone basin maybe i don't know 18 inches across and 18 inches deep uh there's no hole at the bottom or anything it's just a, a big stone semicircular bowl attached to the wall it's a bit like being at a Turkish bath or something like that, going for a hammam, and they've got, you know, the big basin. No, no one else ever done that? Okay. No. Um, <laughs> the life you lead, Tony. <laughs> well, you go on holiday to Turkey, and they're like, do you want to go for a Turkish bath? And you go, yeah, sure. And then they, like, soak a pillowcase in soapy water and fill it with air and then squeeze it out, and all these bubbles come out. It's amazing. Oh, I they thought... just cover you in foam and scratch you. I thought you were going to say, <laughs> and beat you with it. Then I... <laughs> well, no, no, it's just a pillowcase. <laughs> But I know his bubbles and beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Tony's talking about Turkish baths, and we're just like, "What's up, bath?" So, what about the bas-relief on the north? Yeah. Well done, Mike. Uh, On on the wall directly opposite, behind the pillar, the carving has a semicircular shape carved into it with an intricate geometric pattern uh, inside that semicircle. Um, The the semicircle is flat on the bottom, and the curve is on the top. Uh, and it has a sharp spike jutting out from the top of that semicircle. And the words below read, a magic box where fun transpires. Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, a magic... All right, baby. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Take it down a Even though it's... I said no, it's I said no erotic even... role play. <laughs> Damn it. Playing the X card. <laughs> has that got the same sort of basin okay. below it as the one on the left? Exactly. It's it's the you know the carving around it, the 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 archway that sort of surrounds the carving and everything. It's all 
very much the same as, as the other uh, one. They are identical aside from the image being different. And are the basins empty? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Should we take a look at the the east? The the, the one yes. to the right? Yeah. yeah, the third one, the, the one yeah. on your right. Um, the third basin features a carving of an equilateral triangle. Um, a single line enters it on the left-hand side and then splits into many segments carved with different textures as it leaves on the right-hand side. The text below reads, Something rich that burns like fire. Mm. Mead. Ooh. I, I, you know, I'm getting... Um, so with that um, that one on the right, that third one, mm-hmm. I'm getting a uh, an album cover vibe. Mm. You know, that kind of... Um, like oh, a prison. Pete Floyd? Yeah, Dark Side but, of the Moon, I yeah. think. Mm. Of, yeah. That's kind of the, yes. the vibe I'm getting with that. That was the visual inspiration for it, yeah. That's ah. right. That was something rich not... that burns like fire. Something rich that burns like mm. fire. Oh, and they all rhyme. Mm. All of these rhyme, just to say. Yes. That's cool. They inspire oh, and inspire. I have, um, if I remember my inventory and what I put in it, I put, I think I have a, a magical flask of brandy. Hello, Editing Mike here. This is a good stage to point out that we have each uh, created our characters beforehand. Tony gave us a, a lovely uh, a lovely little tool to, to roll them up and work out what their attributes are and their personalities and what they're wearing and that sort of thing, um, and also what their abilities are and what their equipment is. We'll be referring to these from time to time in the episode. I, for example, am currently carrying a rapier, a battle loot, a stolen dagger and a magical flask which has been enchanted to permanently refill itself with brandy. Items in everybody else's inventories will soon be revealed, uh, but we'll always, hopefully, contextualise what they do when they do. But if you're interested in the detail, we'll be adding the equipment and abilities they have to the show notes. Anyway, back to the action. I think I have a a magical flask of brandy, um, which would be good thinking juice right now. So I'll take a good swig of that from my magical (laughs) flask of brandy. Um, which magically uh, stays full at all times. And I'll try putting a splosh into the basin underneath this just to see, because this is something magical that burns like fire. No, something rich that burns Ooh. like fire. Good rich brandy. So yeah, I'll put a splash of that into yeah. the basin and see what happens. Yeah, so you you pour uh, brandy into that basin and the uh, carving in the wall glows with a soft light. Ah, um, okay. That's and cool. you see the, that's cool. the pattern. You, you can now see that the, the triangle is just stays the same colour of the stone, but the line coming in from the left is bright white. And the lines coming out the other side glow in like red, orange, yellow. So it's like a reflected, yeah, purple. Yeah, uh, exactly. Shall we? Shall we each go through what's in our inventories just in case we have stuff that matches up to these things? So I have in mind. Really hope you haven't changed anything since I wrote this puzzle. So in, yeah, in my inventory, in, in Clam Stromlington's in, uh, inventory, he has uh, a rapier. Uh, he has his battle loot, which is the same as his old loot, but has some nails stuck <laughs> in it. Um, he's got somebody else's misplaced dagger that he just basically pinched uh, and this magical flask of brandy which is a flask of brandy but it's magically enchanted to refill with brandy uh, so what does what does everybody else have in their inventories um so yeah so right in through the trench coat pockets um we find a, a dagger a spiked club <clears throat> a scimitar and a set of lock picks hmm. should be handy so again mine is very uh <laughs> equipment to deal death and destruction Double-headed axe, a long sword, knuckle dusters. But I do have some kiln cores, so Ooh. I don't. I mean, I don't know if any of that is any help, but possibly something broken might inspire. Mm. But I'm not sure if you need to fix it. I think. I think that's what kiln 
Yeah, kiln gauze is the description here. says a container of magic gauze that can be used to repair broken metal weapons like swords. Yeah. When the gauze is wrapped around a severed weapon, it welds the weapon back together in a flash. Yeah. There is enough gauze in each container to repair one weapon. Cool. So, um, yeah, so I don't know that that's why, but I I don't think my my pockets are much help. Ben, how about you? And I have a, a staff a dagger, a longsword, and Brel's tent in a tin, which, if I recall correctly, we can use to... Uh, it'll, it'll inflate itself up to a, to a big tent, and we can um, sort of take shelter in there. Nothing can hear us uh, within it, and then it will uh, back into the tin when we're finished. I saw that one. I hope yeah. someone would pick one of those up. I was like, yeah. I like, really cool. So that one does sound like a magic box with fun transpires. It does, doesn't it? It's like a bouncy castle. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's true. But... Uh, um, Oh, in that case, then can okay. I place the can can Fourquare place the tin in the mm-hmm. um, sort of topmost basin, please? Yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. So you place the tin in the basin, and the carving of this this semicircular shape, this kind of dome shape with a spike on the top, uh, glows in a kind of sparkling crystal pattern, Ooh. and the spike at the top glows gold. Ah, nice. Um, so I'm just thinking, like is. The only non-weapony things in mine and Jamie's are the lock picks and the kiln gores. And I think maybe the kiln gores might be. Yeah. Pop mm. that in the old basin. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's left. Okay, you pop the kiln gores in, but nothing happens. Oh. oh. So let's. Okay. The lock... Let's try the same with the lock picks. I yeah. don't think it'll work, but we'll give it a go. You put the lock picks in and nothing okay. happens. Should we. Oh, okay. Should we take a look at the. The pedestal in the centre. Pedestal in the middle, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the pedestal in the middle of the room is, I don't know, three feet high. So uh, the same height as four quare. Uh, made out of <laughs> we'll lift you uh, up marble. Like a, yeah. <laughs> Have a look. Uh, made out of... Um, mm. <laughs> yeah, made out of like marble. <laughs> Basically. Uh, made out of white, white marble with a... And it's got a sort of flat circular top about 12 inches across okay. there's nothing else to to set it apart it's just a pedestal in the middle of the room nothing carved no words anything like that interesting can, can is this something i can break because let's face it that's what <laughs> balianator does <laughs> i'm just saying is something well, got... broken might inspire yeah. if i maybe <laughs> take my knuckle dusters and brute strength to the pillar i don't know i just spitballing unless someone else has got no that's a really good idea so i've got this misplaced dagger that i found on somebody's bedstead uh, in a totally innocent bedstead related theft why don't I give you this you can break that i don't give a shit it's not my dagger all right so, so if you have, like, break, break it with like, your mighty strength with with her little fingers <laughs> <Ding. Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> um, like snapping a fortune cookie from, yeah yeah, like to um, so snap the dagger, right. cool. like yeah, yeah, just like sneeze okay. and it snaps. And um, yeah, pop I think this is no. I'm not going to make you. I'm not going to make you roll for this because I think this is like a cheap shit dagger, and you are very very strong, so it doesn't doesn't make sense for you to roll. So you you snap the dagger in two, and you put the two parts into the um, into the basin, and the the carving between the two pillars going into the middle like glows on the outer edges and then has like a center goes almost darker like becomes this sort of profound dark from which no light escapes and then it it goes back to normal and as you do that uh you all hear from behind you uh when you're looking at this basin you hear a kind of fizzing crackling sound 
and you turn to look and you see a small leather bundle take form on top of the pedestal. Glowing sparks of golden light dancing off it as it solidifies. Oh, who wants to take a look at the bundle? Yeah, curiosity. I, I would, but I can't reach. <laughs> yeah, I'm, as soon as as soon as we see that uh, that sparkly bundle, curiosity gets the better of us, and we're going straight straight there. Yeah, yeah. So you stagger across the room. Uh, I assume that's how we're describing uh, uh, Jamie's great difficulty. <laughs> totter. Um, I think totter's a good one. totter. Yeah, totter's a good one. Yeah. Um, you totter across the room and uh, open this leather bundle, and inside there are two things. There is a small wooden disc, which is about an inch and a half across, and it has a sort of arcane symbol that you don't recognise, like some sort of very old script uh, that definitely doesn't look like the the alphabet that's in use. Uh, in the here and now, in the common tongue. And then the other thing that you see is a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper, there are three lines of text, which I'm going to read out to you now. I'll also copy and paste into the chat. Uh, The text says, Just three more lines will show the way to fame and fortune, hearth and home. To find the first, follow the signs beneath the sparkling crystal dome. The elder's tomb provides a second, and holy place reveals the third. And then the paper is very obviously torn below that. Uh, so there is a, a very visible tear across the middle, across, you know, between these these lines of text. Uh, you can sort of see maybe the tops of some, you know, the stems of certain letters, but not enough that you would be able to make out the words. Uh, uh, so we show the paper to the rest of the group so everyone can have a, have a good nose at it. Lovely. Uh, and as you lift this off the pedestal, you see the centre basin recess into the wall. It kind of shifts backwards. Uh, about 15 centimetres and then slides across the side opening up a new passageway and you can see a soft golden glow from from that direction i think we should proceed through the golden glow clam strumlington in the lead uh i guess playing a jolly tune on his lute (laughs) sure uh you you strut proudly through this uh through this gap and you find yourselves at the bottom of a spiral staircase uh, there are torches lining the walls all the way up uh, on both sides of the staircase, so it's very well lit. Um, and behind you, you hear the, the basin slide back into place with a, a stony scrape. So you're at the bottom of a big spiral staircase. Okay. Heading up. Are you, are you going up? I assume that's what you're doing, otherwise you're just throwing yourselves at a metal wall. <laughs> Onwards and upwards. <laughs> Not metal yeah, wall, let's go. Phalanetus eases through. Almost as soon as you round the first corner, you hear a grotesque slurping sound as the air turns acrid. Then the smell of burning flesh hits you. A revolting red blob of partially dissolved bones, guts and adventuring gear wobbles towards you. It looks ready for its next meal. Right. Um... Let's get ready to rumble. (laughs) Except I guess in... I probably said that in Clam's voice. Let us get ready to rumble. Flem as possible. Flem strumming. That was my abiding memory of the last time. (laughs) I've already knackered my throat and I've not even started doing the voice yet. This is terrible. (laughs) Yeah, so this, 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 you know, wobbling, uh, probably seven foot tall, something like that, red, disgusting, stinky jelly thing is coming towards you with, uh, yeah, partially dissolved bits of body inside it and, and adventuring gear. Oh, God. Uh, looking looking ready to come and get you. Right. What's the plan? I draw my rapier. Yeah, let's go for it. Is it, is it? Sorry, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> Bailey Jones isn't good at thinking. So she's just going to grab a mm-hmm, double-edged mm-hmm. axe. 
and just get ready. Yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, why don't we, Bailey? Why don't you make an attack first? Let's let's start this. So it's, it's the four <laughs> of you are going to take turns. So Fabulous. Bailey, roll a roll a d twenty for us. Okie dokie. Oh, let's let's hope. Come on. Okay, we've got nineteen. Nineteen. That's brilliant. That's, that's a bad. success. So uh, you swing your axe towards this thing, and you make contact pretty perfectly and your axe swings and slices through but as you come out the other side the jelly just reforms oh okay and seems like you've done no damage whatsoever bloody blob just yeah glop on your axe and your axe smells really bad (laughs) for god's sake uh so this thing is i'd say this thing i think it's probably lurching towards forkware as the uh the smallest of the group (laughs) the, the easiest meal uh, what do you what do you do? I think I'm going to uh, try a magic strike at this wobbly jelly thing. Okay. The magic strike is um uh I, I point my sword at this uh, this jelly like thing and and sort of shoot a shimmering missile at it. Um but I quite like to overload the missile to increase its damage to four. Uh yeah, sure. I presume I need to give you a roll? Yes, it's a roller die one. Yes, please do. Oh, I've got 20. That's a 20. That's a critical success. Well done. Um, So you uh, blast this thing uh, with this magic strike. And you, because you've increased the damage, it's particularly effective. You've really channeled all of your energy into this thing. And your Eldritch Blast hits the thing and you see it burst into gouts of flame around it. And you hear this like kind of horrible guttural scream. (laughs) And you see, you know, dark charring forming on the outside of this thing as it rears back up the step. That's clearly done something. That's clearly uh, done more than just swinging an axe. Sorry, Bailey. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <clears throat> Rearing back, uh, Clam and Jamie's character, who we'll come to in a moment. What What are you guys doing? Who's Who's, who's got a, an action here? After you, please. Uh, Jamie. <laughs> slash. <laughs> L- Mysterious at the moment, trio of don't strangers. Know. Yeah, um, no. So yeah, there's a there's a there's a shuffling through the trench coat, and I we come up with a a spike club and totter over to this big red blob thing and try and smack at a bit that's already like pre charred, so not a squishy bit, a bit that's kind of sure. crispy. Mm-hmm. Um, and just give it yeah. give it the beans. Just want to crack it like a creme brulee. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, why don't you Why don't you roll? That me? is a seventeen. Very nice. Uh, okay, so you, although you managed to hit one of these rather crispy, crackly bits uh, very successfully, your blade slips through this kind of surface level damage and then comes straight back to you, covered in glurp. So you've done something here to the to the outer skin of this thing, but not not enough to uh, not enough to finish it off. Ah, bugger, Clam, what do you do? Uh, so Clam's observed that. Physical might doesn't seem to... Uh, physical weapons don't seem to make much of a dent on this. But Clam's Ooh. in touch with his natural side now, and he's going to use his mighty shape-shifting skills. Yes. Oh, no, it's not... It's not hang on. <laughs> hang on. Oh, we got sound for it. <laughs> Are you getting... We're getting a lot of different sounds... Not particularly clearly on the Discord. Okay. Uh, that, sh- that was, was a wolf. And a sheep. And a sheep. eagle. 
And an eagle. And an eagle. Yeah, yeah. You got it. Okay. That, that's the sound of him doing a wild thing. He's going to transform into a goat. Um, okay. And try and try and eat some of it. Billy goats, they'll eat anything. He's going to try and eat some other side of this slime. Uh, okay. Uh, what are you, okay, roll, roll for me. Okay. Just Tony's um, face. Nine. Oh, mate. Okay. So you, as a goat... <laughs> trot forward and get your chompers round a, a glob of this red stuff and i'm going to say you've got you've got two options either this is a tough choice so mike rolled a nine here which which means that it's a tough choice so you're going to get what you want which i think is to do some damage but with a negative consequence of your choice so either you don't do the damage. This thing tastes so disgusting that before you can chomp down, you you stagger backwards and, and have to do a little goat vomit. Or you can do the damage, but you're going to take some damage yourself because this thing is toxic. Ah, oh, clams. What do you uh, want? Clams do you want all about do the damage. Or do you want to take the damage. He's going to he's going to okay. take. He's going to do a little goat vom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you get a mouthful and then and then rear backwards. Um, I think so. Now it's it's the blob's turn. The the jelly uh, responding to this infraction with personal space <laughs> looms towards you uh, and and it's going to try and sort of envelop you in its wobbly. This is you, clam. It, uh, its wobbly guts, and that's a failure. That is a four I rolled there. So the jelly uh, attempts to, but you, in your goaty ways, I guess. How, how are you avoiding this with your with your goat skills? Oh, uh, well, Clem is using his um, mountain goat might to just kind of, you know, scamper up a bit of wall and just sort of perch on like sure. half a micron of sticky outy wall because that's what goats do. That's absolutely it. Like a, a single brick that's not quite flush with the rest. Exactly. Of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I love it. Perfect. Okay. Why don't we go back to Forkware? Who who is now to the side of this thing and and perhaps in a position to uh, attack while its attention is on the very springy goat? What do you do, Ben? Oh well, I'm very tempted to uh, to do what I did before, but I think mm-hmm. maybe instead uh, I will try uh, another magical ability, which mm-hmm. is uh, to it's called Kindle, which uh, I can um, it nice. causes flower objects. To, to ignite uh i may be hoping that, uh, that this blob is a great flammable thing so yes i'm going to try kindle okay uh, so the text of that move says you rub your hands together causing a flammable object you can see nearby to ignite in flame the spell can ignite textile wood paper and other combustible material the spell cannot uh, be used directly on creatures but it can be used to ignite flammable things they are wearing or carrying igniting something on a creature deals one damage to them now this thing is full of like there's a shield in there and there's a spear and a sword with a wooden with a wooden hilt and things like that so i think if you want to pick something inside it doesn't have to be one of the things i just said use your imagination guessing that there's a uh, sort of relatively large sort of backpack in there made of uh, some sort of canvas which i'm going absolutely there is yeah 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 it's got most of a rib cage still attached to it yeah um with the arms going through uh so you you rub your hands together and uh, concentrate on this backpack and you see from within this blood jelly this bright golden flame emerging from this backpack from inside and unbeknownst to you there is a little bit of powder in there a little bit of gunpowder which ignites and causes the jelly to burst in a bloody mess 
uh, spattering all over the walls, uh, and you have defeated this jelly. For now. Oh, well done. Hey, nice. hey, well done. Hey. Da, 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 good da, show da, for Quay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Um, Feels like the ben, wrong person oh, is in charge of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, ben, I believe in the course of that fight, you used two some ability points. So if you wouldn't mind changing your AP to eight. Um, Mike, what what? Did you use animal form? Yeah, so I've, I've deducted my right, two AP. Okay, fine. Good. I'm going to say everyone gets one AP uh, for for resolving that fight. So, um, so you climb up to the top of the stairs and a simple wooden door stands in your way to the street. As you push it open, you stumble into the daylight and whoosh, a flood of memories washes over all of you. Uh, so Bailey, Ben, Mike... Uh, you are suddenly met with the memories of the last 18 months uh, of your characters' lives since the last time you saw them uh, in, in the Delian tomb. And Jamie, you are particularly overwhelmed by multiple sets of memories of entire lives. So why don't you, Jamie, why don't you start us off and tell us about your character? So <clears throat> we are Luck, Stuck and Bugger, or Alice to our friends. We are three goblins in a trench coat and... We are inseparable, the three of us, and we are a collective. We only refer to ourselves in the plural, and we are constantly disguised in this trench coat to try and pass as one of the big and tolls. We are. We hail from an island shrouded by mist far away. Uh, it's a technologically advanced city, but they very jealously guard their knowledge and their technology, and we didn't like that. We think that this should be shared with the world to make a better world for everybody. So we left. Uh, we snuck out. But we quickly found that in this land, the big and tolls don't like people different or as different as we are. So we learned to disguise ourselves to pass as one of them. We learned we were quite good at it. So now we, we pass our trade in the law of subterfuge and secrecy and gadgetry. And we are a spy. Great. Uh... Bailey, why don't you tell us about what <laughs> what Bailey and Ada Jones been up to for the last year and a half since we uh, left the Delian tomb? Fab. So um, since the last quest, Miss Jones has taken a break from the fighting and the privileging and the pig massacres. Um, <laughs> for... <laughs> For, for, for <laughs> day in the life. Another quest for enrichment sausages. <laughs> oh no, they're the worst sausages. They're the worst. Exactly. Like the York see the pork. It's got to be at least like eighty percent pork. Richmond's is just all arseholes and eyelids. It's not good. Anyway, um, still pork. Anyway, I'm not going to start a big rant on Richmond sausages, even though it's good. <laughs> Let's not get into Let's the Let's not get into Something like an anti-sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but. They're not my cup of tea. Anyway, um, so for several months, she hit the party train hard. Um, abandoning warrior life, she became the half-orc disco queen on the party scene in taverns up and down the country. It was a good few months until local revellers uh, started to turn against her. Bailey Nater was convinced this was due to the jealousy of her killer dance moves and orc constitution for ale. She was always last on the dance floor, ripping things up. Unbeknownst to her, the villagers she met admired her wild approach to dance. However, they did not like the medical and construction bills she piled up due to her brute strength and long, failing limbs. 
Uh, so a lot of people had gone through a lot of walls and the towns were starting to go bankrupt. Um, the disco in the orphanage was a big source of regret for them. Uh, anyway, so um, Bailey and Ata, um, after that few months of partying hard, um, left the mountains to focus on the life she feels she can only have, and that is as a fighter. Uh, ben, why don't you tell us what Forquare has been up to? Well, the last year and a half for Forquare has been a bit of a mixed bag. After mourning the loss of Boo the Rat, he found that his ability to perform magic was dwindling, while his consumption of overly malty beers was doing quite the opposite. With his last gold coin, he placed a bet at the Mandring Urchin Races and won big time. <laughs> Urchin race. <laughs> what? I just love that. I just love that he won big time. I just like that. That just that whole sentence is amazing. He spent his fortune on an unhealthy habit of collecting and hoarding Magic Eye magazines in an unsuccessful attempt to bring back his magical powers. In a fit of rage, the entire collection was swapped for a new pet rat called Cry. Uh, <laughs> Cry helped Forquare regain the confidence he needed in a life to regain his powers and reduce the levels of multi-beer consumption, thus proving that while Boo might startle the very essence out of you, a good cry will make everything better. (laughs) (laughs) Start with the pun and work backwards. (laughs) Poetry. Ben Lavery Griffiths guarantee. Oh, amazing. Tony, that that, that wasn't wasn't intended, it just sort of fell out at the end. We've all We've been all there. Been there. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, <laughs> great minds. Uh, and Mike, why don't you tell us what Clam's been up to? So Clam is uh, is still very much a wandering scoundrel, rogue, uh, an occasional bard whose appetite for lusty encounters uh, far exceeds his actual charm. Since we last saw Clam, uh, he's changed and grown as a person. A rather close brush with a particularly potent strain of magical VD uh, and an understandably cross head which has uh, made him reconsider his priorities in life uh, and get back in touch with nature. He pawned all of his possessions and adventuring loots to join a spiritual commune far in the mountains under the tutelage of Guru Grundlethunk. He spent his days receiving mystical wisdom about the natural world and getting in touch with nature by working the fields and doing door-to-door sales. Mystical bliss could not last, though, and he was asked impolitely to leave for not observing his vow of celibacy. Um, And this may have been for the best, as the commune was raided by the town watch shortly afterwards and exposed to a combination Ponzi scheme, money laundering operation and suicide cult. Clam has emerged from his misadventures none the worse for wear, though, with a spiritual affinity for nature that allows him to call upon the powers of the wild. and a mild immunisation to crotch rot. Also, he invented the battle loot, uh, which is the same as his old loot, except he hammered some nails through it. So that's that's what he's been up to. Been a busy time. Form of a pigeon. (laughs) (laughs) Exceptional. So, okay, these are are the characters we are playing. We are picking up a year and a half later. What you all realise, on top of uh, filling in this 18 months or or so gap, is that you are in the bustling capital city of Enaria, and you have been brought here, the four of you, uh, commissioned by the historian Theodoric to follow the trail of clues that he's uh, he started, sending you into this underground chamber to find what's there. And uh, he's hoping to find a great, exciting treasure at the end. But he's been a little cagey about what it might be. 
So you have three lines of poetry. Uh, you know where Theodoric lives. You can go, I mean, you can kind of do what you want now. You're, you're, you're in this city. You can go and talk to anyone you like. You can look for whatever you want. What do you want to do? Could we take a look around us in the middle of the city? I kind of want to see if Absolutely. we can see, for example, a crystal dome or a holy place sure. in the elder's tomb. You are, you've, you found yourself in a, um, it's a tightly packed city, you know, like a, you know, like a European, the, the old town of a lot of European capitals and stuff where they're tightly packed, tall buildings, maybe four or five stories. The streets are, are not very wide. So you're, there's a lot of people hustling and bustling around. You, you can't really see anything distant from where you are because of, you know, how tall the buildings are and stuff like that. So you'd need to, you'd either need to ask around or perhaps get out of the city up somewhere high if you were trying to spot these things. Um, I'd, I'd say that none of you, you've not been here long. None of you have like advanced local knowledge. Let's say you've you've only been here a day or two. Okay. Hmm. Um, should we go find, well, either we find a high place maybe just to kind of scope our bearings a bit or if we know we're Theodric, Theodric. Um, Theodoric. Theodoric, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Theodoric. Um, Lives, maybe go find him. Yeah. Yeah. He could probably give us the lay of the land, or at least, like, give us a map. Or... Yeah, sounds good. Let's nice. do that. See Theodoric. Okay. Cool. So, y- you have actually been staying in uh, Theodoric's barn. Uh, Theodoric lives in a, a, a nice, uh, sort of, tumble down old house, uh, but it's sort of cozy and warm in the very south of the city, just outside the walls. Uh, so, you head out through the through Applike's Way. I've got a map here. I will show it to you in a minute. Uh, you head out through Applike's Way uh, and follow the city walls down to Theodoric's place in Low Orchard. He greets you warmly. He's a, a tall, slightly older man, maybe late middle-aged, with blonde hair shot through with, with grey and a sort of a little bit of stubble. He's, he's you know, stuck in his books most of the time, so he's, he's only taking care of himself as much as he needs to. And he welcomes you in. Hello, hello. Yes, 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 yes. Wonderful to see you. Come in, come in, come in. Tell me what you found. Uh, uh, did you make it to the, uh, to the chamber underground? Yes, yes, we did, replies Clam. Superb. And what did you find down there? Uh, we found a big red cube of jelly, and it, it nearly swallowed us. He makes a sort of confused face, and he's like, that's... Not entirely what I was expecting, but I suppose if perhaps you weren't the first down there, then a, a red jelly may have, may, have, may have had time to eat other adventurers. Congratulations on making it out alive. There is strength in numbers. Don't worry, the, the, the short one burned him, and we are fine. <laughs> we did also find... Great. I should probably do this in voice. We did also find the, the tiny little uh, circular medallion-y thingy with the arcane symboli. He, he looks at it uh, and studies it carefully, and he says, Hmm, yes, this is... Uh, Certainly an old rune from many centuries ago, before before the city was rebuilt. I can't I can't tell you exactly what it means, but there may be something in one of my books. I I I, I would need time to research it before I could tell you what it means. Yeah. We also, we also uh, found this, and then shuffles through the pockets of the trench coat and comes up with a, with a little bit the little bit of paper. <laughs> uh, it's a real shame that the the listeners can't see the video of you sort of. <laughs> Hoisting things that's, up past that's, that's for the top tier patrons. That's us. Um, the, so he takes the piece of paper uh, carefully from you and spreads it out on the table to take a look at it. And he, he you see him muttering under his breath as he reads the uh, the lines of this this poem. And he says, "So three more lines will show the way to fame and fortune, hearth and home. To find the first, follow the signs beneath the sparkling crystal dome." The Elder Tomb provides another 
Yeah, the Elder soon provides a second, and Holy Place reveals the third. Interesting. Well, I mean, the the sparkling crystal dome could only be re- really referring to the crystal bazaar. Uh, uh, that, that 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 must be uh, uh, one of the things it's talking about. Um, the Elder's tomb is. Uh, I mean, if I were a guessing man, I'd say it's probably somewhere up on the hill uh, uh, to the northwest of town, where where the the, the various burial grounds are and. Well, there are many uh, small sects and, and temples. It, 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 it's hard to know exactly which, but certainly the uh, uh, the, the prismatic temple would would be uh, somewhere to look. That's the biggest and most visible. But uh, you know, it could be could be any one of the smaller ones. It's it's hard to be one hundred percent sure. Okay, so should we maybe go and investigate? Well, we could go and investigate at least one of these locations, couldn't we? Also, I'm thinking. Ooh that there might be some sort of triangulation thing going on here where we get some so the, the lines from these locations might give us a location somewhere else within the city so i kind of get i'm getting that kind of that sort of triangulation vibe mm. um, are you are you oh, saying yeah. is that character or are you saying oh sorry saying this is this is me to, uh... this is me thinking in my head and actually comes to think of it clam right, wouldn't okay. have thoughts this intelligent so <laughs> i guess okay, cool. i guess this just i guess we'll this stays that. in the omniverse and clam just sits there um, <laughs> Now, yeah, thinking about cool. other other animals with horns he can turn into yeah. <laughs> because he is famously horny exactly um, <laughs> uh, shuffles over to uh, Theodoric and um, contemplates for a little while how to use the least words possible Ooh. and <laughs> just asks, staring at him like really intensely <laughs> yeah yeah just, just trying to read like read my thoughts just and just sort of Whispers almost, can we have a map, please? Uh, Theodoric says, uh, yes, yes, of course. Let me see uh, what I can rustle up. So he um, he disappears off into uh, a back room. You, you've, you've seen a few parts of this house and you know that there's just like everything is books. Like you cannot move in this place for books and, and bits of, you know, all sorts of exciting stuff. Uh, and he comes back out and uh, spreads out on the table a large piece of paper and now the map that i'm sharing with you which i'm sure we can include in the podcast notes was produced using a i think it's called the medieval city fantasy medieval oh. city generator oh, that wow. is um, we can include, oh i love it yeah it's really good uh so we can include, and it's a random generator and I, I cycled through a few different variants until i found one that i liked and then made a few t- changes uh, myself because you can download it as nice. an svg um well we can put a link to that in the show notes uh because it is if you ever run games like this i i live and die by this tool um it's it's really spectacular could i uh, that's really excellent. use one of my skills please um, could I use? You can use. The, just tell me whenever you want to use them. And, and, I'm going to use my dossier skill, so it means that I've got a <clears throat> a magic book that can make copies of any written thing or drawn thing. So I'd like to use that Brilliant. to make a copy of the map, a copy of the letter, and then um, make a rubbing of that disc. So we've got something for reference. Okay. Yep. So you've got those. So you're you're leaving the the disc and the map with Theodoric. The but you're, you're taking copies. So Don't worry. It's all in here. Okay. <laughs> uh okay great so yes you have uh, a legible the the text of the uh, ability describes it as a legible but imperfect copy which appears inside your your dossier that's great yes so now you have a map so you can see on the map that number seven is the crystal bazaar uh number 10 is the hill that area that he mentioned out of town uh number four is uh where the prismatic temple is in the temple ward 
No, I just say, are we in Low Orchard, did you say at the moment? Yes, you're down at the bottom of the map, number eight. Fab. So I'm thinking this, uh, this is me as Bailey Jones now, trying yeah, to, yeah. just so you can differentiate between the Welsh accents, because uh, I know it's uh, really hard. Uh, um, <laughs> um, so why don't we just go to the Crystal Bazaar? It's a little bit closer. Good place to start, possibly? That sounds good to me. I like crystals. I like bazaars. Yes, let's do. Good to stretch our legs. Let's go. Excellent. <laughs> so, uh, with a with a spring in your step and a song in your heart, the uh, four of you venture out back into the city through the through the low orchard wall, looking for adventure and excitement at the Crystal Bazaar. Okay, time time for a wee and a cup of tea slash a beer. Oh yes. Yep. See you soon, mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I might have to get a cider then if that's oh, I'm get- if that's what yeah, I'm getting to do it. Then I'll, uh, yeah, I'll get there. And that's the end of part one of the Infinite Escape Room Quest Special. Join us next week for part two, where we dick around in magical John Lewis, find all the wrong solutions to an underground island, and discover alternative employment as retail supervisors. Until then, thanks very much for listening. You can subscribe to us on all of your favourite apps, feeds, iTunes, and at our website, theinfiniteescaperoom.com. You can also follow us and get in touch via Facebook and Twitter, at tier underscore podcast. We'll see you next time on The Infinite Escape Room. Bye-bye now. <laughs>